Here's a word you've never heard me say on the School of Podcasting. Pinterest. Yeah, if you're going, wait, is that still around? Oh, it is. And there's news this week out of YouTube that links in some of your descriptions, yeah, they're not going to go anywhere. And so I was on Jeff's show, the social media news live show, and between hanging out with him and having Chris Stone from Cast Ahead in the School of Podcasting's brilliant podcasting group, these are two guys that have really made me realize that I got to get my repurpose game on. But Pinterest was the one that caught my eye. And wait till you hear about Jeff's Pinterest show that he did, the benefits of having a show years after it has quit publishing, as well as, I know, you're thinking it already. Oh my God, something else I got to add to my plate. Jeff has some really cool strategies so that you can do this in a way that doesn't leave you feeling overwhelmed. Wait till you hear the conversation. I'm really excited to bring it to you. So with that, hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Welcome to the School of Podcasting, where I've got 3.4 million downloads. We're reaching 94 different countries. I am the longest-running podcast about podcasting, and the School of Podcasting is the number one place to learn how to podcast. I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. If you want to monetize, I can do that, too. I did write the book, Profit from Your Podcast, and today we're talking a little Pinterest we're talking a little live streaming, a little video, a little, how did you get that sponsor? And wait, how did you get that big guest? Those are some other underlying themes today. And I'm going to start off with a fun fact. Did you know, according to the book, The YouTube Formula, which I'm reading right now, that YouTube started off as a dating site? Yeah, they started off as a dating site. They put it out there. They uploaded one video about some guy at the zoo and they kind of looked at it and they went, yeah, nobody's coming here to try to post their video to find love. But instead they're posting videos about, well, just what they're up to. And so at that point they went, well, should we put out more marketing to tell people this is a dating site y'all, or do we just go with what the audience wants to do. And I think we know how that ended. So I say that to remind you, your podcast is not a statue. It's a recipe and you can change it because you might've put out a show trying to attract this type of person. And instead a whole other audience showed up. And at that point you go, well, do I entertain the people that showed up or do I just go back and adjust the content to really attract the people I'm trying to make. But that's the beauty of podcasting. There's no board of directors. There's no program director that you have to do some sort of, you know, listen to your show and have them breathe down your neck. You are in control. How cool is that? You are 100% in control. Your podcast is yours. So jump in the pool. The water is fine. As I said, today we're talking Pinterest we're talking live streaming. We're going to answer the question, hey, how did you get that big guest? And that's the one thing I want to mention here is Jeff, besides being just brilliant, I mean, everything he does looks amazing. He's a visual marketer. That's one of his titles. 
And one of his clients is Guy Kawasaki. And if you don't know Guy Kawasaki, I kind of want to go, wait, seriously? You don't know who Guy Kawasaki is? He is the man that back in 1984 was an Apple employee originally responsible for marketing their Macintosh computer. He's now a venture capitalist. He's an author. And as we like to say on the show, he is an official Big Shot Smarty Pants. And Jeff is his marketing dude, whether it's video, audio, whatever it's doing, anything visual, Jeff is the man. And so when you hear us talk about Guy, we are talking about none other than one Guy Kawasaki. So with that, let me shut up. Here's my talk with Jeff C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. I'm a big fan. I love your book. I love your shows. Uh, I just, I keep finding, oh, there's another podcast that Dave does. And I, you know, I'm like, I, it's like a week long uh, listening spree I'm going to have to go on. So, and Jeff lives in East Texas. And as we recorded this, he was having a party. It's going to get up to, they said 100, 304. Um, and I'm in a little small, little portable building. So I like, if you're hearing the air conditioner, that's because that's what you're hearing because it's too stinking hot. And Jeff and I have run in the same circles for years. I often see him at different events and Jeff has a very unique look. He's got a beard mustache. It's actually part of his brand. And he was nice enough to have me as a guest on his show, Social Media News Live. And he seemed like a really nice guy. I've kind of known him again through the years. And I saw on his LinkedIn bio that he was involved with a show. Now, this show is, and we're going to talk about this, this show is not currently in production, but it's called Manly Pinterest Tips. And so you want to talk about standing out. You want to talk about an obvious name, Manly Pinterest Tips. And I thought, you know, I've never talked about Pinterest on the School of Podcasting. So I looked at Jeff and I went, Pinterest, really? The cool thing about Pinterest, you, you don't think a lot of people think of it as a, another social media platform. Like it's another Instagram or it's another, you know, kind of YouTube issue or, or something like that. But it's it's actually a visual search engine. So think of it more like a visual Google than you would like how to do something on Facebook or Instagram, because what it is is people are sharing their, you know, their pins there, which are the, the biggest thing in the past was getting people to do, you know, like vertical images. Well, now with Instagram and, th and everything, it's not such a big deal anymore. People have it in their workflow, but it, just that it's that visual search engine. You think of it like your keywords of Google. You think of your descriptions as something that's Google. People see that and they share it. And then everything on Pinterest has a link back. Like it's all those pins that I put out of my clips of my show or products I'm selling on Amazon, all that stuff. Those are all webs back to my home base, like my website or my products. And so as that grows and it's a kind of a, snowball effect and it's kind of a long-term strategy those things really add up they live on pinterest forever i have stuff that comes up every it's very seasonal as well every season something will hit and i'll get traffic back from it it's a slow burn it's not like hey i put something on instagram and i get all these people it's a more of a like long seo type of thing for your content and right now video clips are are really really uh, like they they call them um, video pins on Pinterest and they have like, they're almost like Instagram reels. They used to call them idea pins. I think they kind of take that thing away, but you can put your short form com content on Pinterest as well. That all leads back to your, your site or your content that you put out there, the link. 
And um, with YouTube just last week taking away all those links from shorts, this is just another great place to put that uh, content. So when it comes to what can you add to Pinterest, the answer is kind of like, well, everything. But there are some best practices. For example, is somebody going to watch your 45-minute webinar on Pinterest? Probably not. But Jeff had an idea from my book, Profit from Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood. Well, I, so for, for your book, like I would put your book stuff like experts or like here, download my first chapter because um, Amazon links work on Pinterest. Like I do all my Amazon stuff on Pinterest. Like I've all my shorts that are uh, like I'm doing a, a review because I, you know, Chris Stone got me all into the Amazon live stuff is that all that stuff is on Pinterest and it jumps back to an Amazon sale. Where there is a platform, there are gurus. So what are some of the myths about Pinterest? It used to be the more content you would put out on Pinterest, like they would talk about repinning, repinning other people's content and constantly repinning it. It's more, I would say, like take your content. Like I make a couple of clips from my show that I can use on shorts. Um, I can use it on Instagram reels. I can use them on TikTok and I can and use them on Pinterest. So I would take whatever you're using for your podcast or whatever like that and put that in and not not continuously repent it. Just leave it there and let it go. If you have another you know clip from your podcast, feel free to put that on there. I mean, there's still a lot of gurus are saying you know repin. You know you have to pin like 20 times a day, and that's how you get traffic. No, they'll actually start delisting uh, your content if you're kind of being you know annoying like that. So don't be annoying. But speaking of annoying, you're probably sitting there thinking, oh no, another place I have to post my stuff. Well. Jeff's got you covered. Here's a, a really cool tip and a really cool tool. Repurpose.io is what I've been using. And what I have found the best workflow, and this is a, a tip actually from Peg. This is what we do for guys stuff, is that I publish it to TikTok and then Repurpose takes, looks at what is on TikTok and then downloads it and shoots it out to all those different places for me. And it's amazing. I only have to publish it one place. I set up my workflow to go from TikTok to everywhere else, and it's done. And the cool thing about Repurpose is when it pulls that video down from TikTok, it keeps the watermark off of your video so you can use it in other places. So we've learned some things to try. What should we probably not do on Pinterest? I would not put full episodes. But check this out. Back on episode 870, we talked about using an email list to grow your podcast how do you grow your email list? Enter Pinterest. One of the other big things, and I actually need to do it more, is Pinterest is a great place to put your lead magnet. Like I did this deep dive into podcasting for my show. I'm going to make like, hey, here are some of the tips or notes like I've done for you. You know, download this for your email address and put that on Pinterest. It's a great place to take people because people see that and they're like, oh, five ways to be a better podcaster. Ooh, click. And they get into your email list and or they go back to your website. So for lead magnets, for uh, like, you know, jumping into a free ebook or something like that, Pinterest is great for that because you can make something really eye-catching and people will either save that for later or they'll jump on it right there and go back to your website or, or send in that email address. All right. Now you've got my attention, but obviously this is a very visual platform can I get by just using Canva? Yeah, the thing is, is a lot of times I'll scroll, I'll be scrolling through Pinterest and I'll go, oh, there's a Canva pin. Oh, there's another Canva pin. There's another. And so 
if you're going to use Canva, which is fine, I've used it and I'll continue to use it, is that you just don't like pick a template and fill in the text. Like what I like to do is take, you know, on, on Canva, you can have multiple pages. So I'll find different like, you know, templates that work and then I'll mix and match those elements. So it's actually more original than what you, you know, you might just if you click a template and fill it all, fill it all in. So try to make it your own because it'll it'll actually capture more attention. Um, I had a friend who was she was doing some uh, like something for an ad agency and she was putting out a bunch of like catalog things and she was seeing what like when she would search for I think it was like furniture and she was seeing all this kind of certain kind of furniture and so she threw in a black and white image well that stuck out in the feed and so she got more clicks so you kind of have to think that way as well on Pinterest now trends on Pinterest change all the time like I said it's very seasonal I mean people are already planning you know their Halloween stuff on Pinterest I've already started seeing it so it's it goes way earlier than the sales cycle. Like if you're seeing them start to put it up in Walmart, you've probably missed the boat. You need to get in there before they start doing that kind of stuff. So what's the story behind manly Pinterest tips? I used to do like video, like corporate videos. And, you know, then I got into website building and I did flash websites. You can thank me later. I mean, that was everybody loved those and, you know, did the whole development thing with that. And then I started doing social media when it came out and because my clients were using it and needing it. And I said, well, I better start doing it. So I started a blog and I was writing about social media. And uh, then I was listening, driving back from my wife's parents' house in Kansas. And I heard about this Pinterest thing on Social Media Examiner's podcast back in the day. They were talking about Pinterest. A lady named Cynthia, Cynthia Sanchez was on there. And she was talking about how she drove all this traffic back to her blog. And I'm like, hmm, I have a new blog. I should try this. And so... I had written this blog article called uh, Manly Pinterest Tips Number One, and it was how I shared a secret board with my daughter, like recipes or crafts she wanted to do when she was little. And we had this thing, and I wrote this article, and it kind of back then went viral. Like a lot of people shared it and everything, and I was like, hmm, okay. And then we started – it was the Wild West of Google Plus and the Google Hangouts on air. Everybody was doing a show. So I got four other guys who had way bigger – audiences than me like mike alton was one of them he works for agora pulse now he's a big social media guy uh he was on the sh- he was on the show with me we had four guys we interviewed people and we call it the manly pinterest tip show and we got people like uh we got the producer of pretty woman we got i mean it was just the, it was the wild west guy kawasaki came on i mean all these huge names came on so then i started a podcast social media examiner saw that hired me to run their pinterest account i got in deep with them started uh producing their show, one of their shows, their live shows, and it just worked for them kind of off and on for five years. And then that's how it all kind of happened. And it started driving traffic. So there are two things we're going to dig into here. We're going to figure out, wait, how did you get big guests and how did you get sponsors? So let's start off with how did you go about getting big guests? I, I just ask, like, all they can do is say no. You know, guy secret here guy will pretty much say yes to anybody if they have something like he, he's really just that nice of a guy he'll get on your show and he was no, nice enough the thing is is not to always be a used car salesman when you ask like hey i got this thing here and dad let me and, and people know when they that you're gonna invite them on like dave come on my show i'm gonna talk about me and we'll get to you that's what it feels like a lot of people do and it, uh, hopefully you felt like when you were on my show that it was all about you. Like I wanted to dive into what the knowledge you had. When I do social shares, I don't usually share myself. I usually share the guest. And the cool thing about that is the guest usually shares that social share out over and over and over. And then that gets me better guests and more guests and good guests. And 
that's how I've always approached it. Even back when I first got started, I wanted to make the show about them and their knowledge. And I think that helped me get guests. And you just have to ask. As someone who was on the social media news live show, Jeff makes you feel welcomed and pampered. And he let me know who I was talking to. He let me know why I was on the show a great experience. We talk about that on episode 677 of the School of Podcasting. And in terms of getting sponsors, one of the things you should be doing is, what are you currently clicking on? And by that, I mean, what products are you using that your audience might also enjoy? And in Jeff's case, he loved the software Ecamm. And well, this is what happened. Well, they knew I loved them because I was in the community. And I said, hey, Katie, starting the show, Will you be a sponsor? <laughs> and that's, I mean, once again, it comes back to relationships. And she knew this. She saw, and I did, I mean, I did, you know, like I said, five years of stuff over at Social Media Examiner. Then I had done stuff before that. I had spoken at conferences and I used, talked about them. I, th- when I talk about stuff, and it's just like you, Dave, it's very organic. It's like, I, I use this because it works and I like it. And I'm sharing it with you because, hey, it works and I think it's cool. You know, that was, it wasn't like, hey, they've got a sale right now and da 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 You know, it's nothing like that. It's like, listen, this stuff works and it works for me. And here's how I, it works for me. I think it'll work for you too. And it, it was that. And then she saw it and said, sure. And so they've been sponsoring since the beginning for three years, over three years. So Jeff gets paid to talk about a product he loves. And it's been doing that now for three years. So does podcast advertising work in that case? Absolutely. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there for three years. And Jeff knows that. Sponsors aren't easy to get. He's found the best win, win, win. The sponsor is winning, he's winning, and the audience is winning. So he takes his sponsorship with Ecamm very seriously. I am very protective of my relationship with Ecamm. So I'm like, like I'll run stuff like Katie. I'm like, hey, Katie, I, you know, this person, this company wants me to do something on the show. I'm like, is that cool? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to damage my relationship with Katie. I'm going to slack with her. You know, I can talk to her right now if I wanted to, because I'm like, Hey, you know, I don't know that this, this company, are they a competitor with you? And would that be bad? Is it okay if I do that? I mean, so I'm always like, and I'm also like, what do you want me to promote this week? You know, what do you want me to, how can I help Ecamm? So I think that's one things that a lot of podcast sponsors don't do is being proactive and like, how can I help you? Like, I love your stuff and thank you for sponsoring me, but that's just, it's not just a transaction and send me a check. It's like, how can I help get the word out better? You like, do you want me to speak at this thing? Or do you want me to, do you have any ads that I could run at the beginning of my show? What would, how can I, can I make an ad for you? I mean, being very proactive on your relationship with your sponsor, I think a lot of people don't do. And if you do it, you can stand out and develop that long-term relationship. So if you consider yourself an introvert, hopefully you can see the benefits of relationships Jeff has been benefiting from relationships from the very beginning. When I first started my business, I was doing local stuff. Like, and, and, you know, if you do local stuff, which great, a lot of people do it and they do really, really well. But I, I ran into like, oh yeah, my, my son can make websites. I'm like, okay, well then let your son make websites. And being, being able to podcast and do live video, I instantly went outside of my county and I could get people from California who would pay California prices. And you know what? I mean, it was like, it was, it opened up my world and being able to be in somebody's ear every week and talk with them is just, is so stinking cool. It just is so stinking cool. Uh, and having people 
comment like, hey, man, you really helped me out. Like, I didn't think anybody had the same problem as I did, but you you said it in a way that was so clear and helped me, you know, you moved the needle for me. And I'm just like, uh, there we go. So I, I was hooked. And of course, that puts a lot of gas in your tank. But to start off with, my son can make a website for you, which leads to somebody else, which leads to somebody else. And so his show about Pinterest again, Manly Pinterest Tips, has been on hiatus since 2019, but it's still up there and it's still doing what it's supposed to do. I'm still known as the Pinterest guy. But even if you have a podcast that's on hiatus, it's still part of me. Like I get all my, I still get most of my traffic. It's, Pinterest is still my biggest website. I may restart mainly Pinterest tips again. When I first started, there was these ladies that get off my platform because it was really, I'm seriously, I got an email like, like what are you doing on here, man? Because it was all hair braids and nail tutorials back then. But I would never throw away content. I mean, there's, there's always some gold in there that you can mine. So I brought Jeff on because I wanted to learn about Pinterest and I'm definitely adding that to my marketing efforts. And Jeff knows so much about video and marketing. He's a visual marketer is one of his titles. He has many. If you need somebody to do remote video, Jeff is your guy. In fact, there are a lot of things I could say right now and go, Jeff is your guy because he's been doing it a while and his, his YouTube channel looks amazing. Everything he touches just looks amazing. And when I was on his live show, I've been doing a live show for, I think, 10 years and he's just had a little more icing on the cake. And so I wanted to get his take on doing a live show because there's one thing about this particular episode that you're listening to. You can't go see Jeff's awesome beard on YouTube because I didn't record the video. And so one of Jeff's superpowers is repurposing. And so we're going to talk about doing a live show and then what tools, what workflows he uses to take that content and just wring every ounce of value out of it and get it everywhere so that you can point people back to your website to have them do whatever you're trying to get them to do. And we're going to talk about that right after this. One of the reasons I like Jeff is he's a no BS guy. You never have to worry if he has an angle. He's just going to tell you the truth. So when I asked him, hey, the whole video kind of versus maybe audio, like what drew him to video? To be honest, like when I started back in the day with Manly Pinterest Tips, it was always video first because I'm lazy. I might as well do something that I'm going to get two things out of it when I'm done with it. Like it's not some vanity thing. It was just like I'm lazy and this I, this I can go both places and have things at the end. And it's with the technology now, it's not hard. The other thing is, is I go live everywhere. Like when I go live is I use that tool from Restream called Pairs. Like, so Dave joined my show and I said, hey, here's my repairs link. You can share this with all your people. I don't have any security thing I need to worry about, but I can pull comments comments from your audience over to our live show and we can talk with them. And if you get some good YouTubers or big time podcasters like Dave Jackson on your show, it grows your show. It's just a kind of a no brainer. And that stuff has really helped grow the show too. So using technology to repurpose, to grow your show. I think it's becoming easier than ever. And I'm just, it was just laziness that got me to do it. It's like, why do it again? Like, I'll just have both at the end of the day and have it done. 
Now, you don't have to do video, but as Jeff said, you got it if you need it, and you can't go backwards. And we learned about a tool he's using called Restream. I'll have links to all this stuff out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 891. And we are going to talk some gear here, and I'll explain this towards the end. So don't get overwhelmed here as we start throwing out all these different tools. But I did ask Jeff, I'm like, What's your workflow? And we used Descript, and I started using Descript because Guy loved it. He does all his most of his editing in there, and so I had to learn Descript. So we've been using it for three years, so I, I use it every day. So that's what he's using to edit. What does he use to create the live stream? Uh, the cool thing is I use Ecamm, and I have isolated audio tracks, and I have isolated video tracks. And so I'm able to take those video tracks and upload those to Descript, and then Descript has multi-camera on it, so I can actually switch between whoever's talking, have all three of us on the screen. It gives me a transcript that I can edit from, so I can very, very quickly go through. And my the way I usually get clips for my repurposing is I'll ask a question, and Dave will answer a really great answer. That's a perfect clip most time. It's usually under a minute, or else I can chop it up to that. And so I have a transcript, which gives me subtitles right there. And so I can export that. I export that as a um, a video clip with subtitles, and I send that to repurpose, and then it goes out everywhere. Because Jeff has this vast knowledge and history of video, if you look at the Ecamm website, you can see where it can actually syndicate your show live to many different places. So I was like, hey, Jeff, what is the purpose of Restream? Restream is because I'm in East Texas and I don't have the best internet, I take, Ecamm can go out to multiple locations, but it's based on your bandwidth. Restream allows me to send one signal from Ecamm to Restream and go out everywhere. And I can pull comments in from those places at the same time. So I'm not missing anybody. And when he says pull in a comment, this is live and you can actually leave a comment in a chat room and you can click on the person's comment. It will appear in the video. And I do that using a tool called StreamYard for my live Ask the Podcast Coach show. And I know Jeff uses StreamYard for some clients and he uses Ecamm for other projects. So I wanted to get his opinion on Ecamm versus StreamYard. I've always liked Ecamm uh, and I've used them all. And I actually produce shows with StreamYard over at Social Media Examiner. Uh, I've done it uh, when I first started too. I, I went to Ecamm and they actually, full disclosure, they are a sponsor of my show but I was using them and loving them way before that. The reason Ecamm, I like it, is it's hardware-based. It's not, most of the other ones like StreamYard are, um, they live in the cloud. And whenever you have stuff live in the cloud, you can have issues with things in the cloud. I just think my, always, my camera always looked better on Ecamm. And also, everything is customizable. Like my show that you were on, you know, I had lower thirds coming up. I had a moving background. I had, you can customize it to whatever you want. You're not really locked in to, you know, a predetermined template that a lot of those web-based things have. And then when they finally got isolated video tracks, I was having to cobble together stuff with vMix on another computer and all this stuff because I wanted those separate tracks for repurposing. And uh, I can do that all now in Ecamm. It is only Mac-based. That is the downside is it's Mac-based. And so when I heard hardware, I was like, oh, let me guess. I have to buy the biggest, baddest, you know, kind of Mac computer because I just have a Mac mini with slightly a little more RAM than typical. I mean, is that going to work? You're fine. But with a caveat. So you have to have the Mac silicone to do isolated video tracks. That's the only 
caveat, but most all new Macs have that now. And if you're like, Dave, I do audio, I deal with maybe two files, music and me talking. I've got separate tracks for each person and then separate audio for each person. That's at least if I'm doing an interview, that's four different pieces of media that sounds like a headache. Are there going to be like syncing issues where all of a sudden it's going to look like a bad Godzilla movie? It's not. We use Squadcast here, and I have more issues with that getting out of sync than I do with Ecamm. Uh, when you come in as a guest on Ecamm, it's on, you know, even if you come in and out, it's really easy to sync up. I have never had an issue with sync. Some guys who have really high-end DSLRs, Ecamm makes it really easy because they actually you can actually inside of the software set a delay you can actually time it if you have a delay if you're seeing a delay between your audio and your your video so um, it's really easy to fix so that's why and it's just so customizable and their their community is amazing as well like if i have a problem i can usually throw it into their community and they'll, i'll get an answer like in an hour of like hey i can't get this to work and they help me through it almost like uh, the school of podcasting now if you're an audio podcaster you've kind of got the hardest part down because video viewers will be less likely to forgive bad audio than they will bad video. Because if the audio is so distracting that I'm paying attention to how it sounds versus what you're saying, that's a problem. And so Jeff started out with your basic webcam and the built-in this and that, where we all start. But he has a really great tip here if you're new to this whole thing, you just, you don't have to do everything all at once, you know, get a decent mic, like, like Dave says, and then, you know, find some software you really like that, and then practice. Like I made a channel over on Facebook that I could go live to that nobody would see. It was a private channel. So I would practice, I would practice bringing up my lower thirds and how to switch things. I have a stream deck that has everything on there and I have it laid out in a way that I can almost not look at it. And I can, I can switch to your camera, bring up your lower third, and I practice like I would sit here by myself. That's the kind of life I lead, Dave, and practice uh, hitting, you know, different buttons to, you know, or what would happen like if this like because things bad will happen. Like I've had my power go out. You know, you've had your cat jump on your head. I mean, all sorts of things. I mean, you just you think of those scenarios and then don't let it fluster you because it's going to happen. And I think that's one thing that however you're podcasting audio, video or both. I think we get used to just rolling with the punches or in some cases, ice water underpants. So I, I cast in all my chips and got guy on the show. So like, he's my first guest. He's in the green room. I'm count. I hit the, the, you know, go live and it's counting down. And I had like with this water bottle, one of those Walmart like water bottles. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go live five, four, three. And I, and I moved and I hit the water bottle just in the edge of the desk. And that entire bottom just went, and it fell out and dumped the water in my lap. So and I'm live with Guy Kawasaki, you know, with and I had like ice water underpants and I did the whole interview with that. And I'm like, you know, after that, you're like, I can <laughs> nothing will face me. Yeah. So you're going to have those ice water underpants moments. And so you just have to go and not be scared. And like, you just know things are going to mess up. Just go with it. I mentioned Guy Kawasaki when I introduced Jeff. How do you end up with Guy Kawasaki as a client? This is, once again, the long-term relationship building. So I was back on Google+, and I was just getting into the social media stuff, and Peg Fitzpatrick, she was his manager. She ran all his social stuff. Well, she was on there, and I would just kind of 
you know, in her comments go, hey, that's great. How do you do this again? And like she kind of took me under her wing. And so she and I have been and I have been friends since that time. You know, she, I've had her on my show. She's an incredible blogger. She's got another book coming out. She's just she's really big in the space. And we just developed that friendship. And then when Guy and I had Guy, she was the one who was able to I said, hey, Peg, I'd like to have Guy on my show on Mainly Pinterest Tips. Can you help me get him? And he was like my first big guest. And then later on, three years ago, I mean, I had him on on some other stuff, and I've been helping him produce some things. But when he was having trouble, he wanted to start a podcast. Peg says, hey, Jeff, do you do podcasts? And I was like, yeah, I can, I can help with that. And that's how it happened. It's not – I didn't pitch to him. I didn't do anything. He knew me from before. Knew, he trusted what Peg said, and that's how I got the gig. So when you're doing live, you better have an idea of what you're going to say before you press go live. So I asked Jeff, I go, what is the big attraction for Jeff when it comes to going live? Because I love the bringing people in and helping them with their problems. And I'm pretty, pretty um, set on my, my short show formula. Like I have like three sections. I usually, you know, have different breaks where I bring in comments. And so it's hard when you first get started. Like there's a lot of buttons to push and you've got to read the comments and all this stuff. So I would not do that if I was just starting out. And I'm breaking in right here. That is the heart of a servant right there. As much as he loves lives, he wants you to be successful and realizes that for some people doing it all is going to burn you out. But I love the interaction. I mean, I dig, I dig every Friday being able to go and show up and, and see in the people who show up that, there every week just like your your saturday show dave you know you have the same people it's it's really cool it is very cool and live is getting cooler and cooler one little tip from podcasting 2.0 i can log into podverse.fm and see what shows are going live so it's almost like a channel guide that again somewhat years in advance but live is getting cooler and cooler even though one of the biggest benefits of podcasting is the fact that it's time shifted as Jeff said, that interaction, that's addictive. And live is a different feature set. It's a different skill set. So what tips does Jeff have when it comes to doing a live show? But I always have guest co-hosts. Like I have a, a group that likes to come to my show and say, hey, I've got Dave on. Who wants to come? And they'll jump in. And what a co-host does, it lets me take a break. Lauren, you had a question. And I'll, and I'll switch screens to her. And then I, then I can scan the comments to see if there's something that I would rather ask their questions than questions I already have. So I'll look for something similar that I was going to talk about and I'll pull that one in instead. And having a co-host where you can switch those screens so you can like, you know, take a drink or like, you know, take a break. That has been a key for me that I've been able to, to offload some of that stress of always being on. So Jeff obviously has some big clients he hangs out in a lot of communities like the Ecamm community. He knows a ton of people. I asked him, when it comes to growing your audience, what do you think is one of the best tips? Consistency. Like it's, you know, we say that like, oh, be consistent. That's hard to do. Like think ahead to like, okay, when I take a break, like for Christmas, what am I going to do? I have a show that I pre-record and I tell people it's pre-recorded, but I stream it out live. Like it's just a normal show. Like I want to keep... They always know that I'm going to be there on Fridays at 10 a.m. Central. I've done it for three years. I just talked with Elsie this week is how important community is. You've got a great community. 
Ecamm's got a great community. Look at people who have community and model what they do. They're genuine. They have things in place. They make time for things that don't scale. And that's what I think builds a community is like, like Lou Mangello. He's the reason I started watching him is like, he spoke at podcast movement, like the first one I went to and he talked about community and live video. I'm like, man, I want to figure that out. And I followed him. We became friends and like, you know, find those mentors and just stick with them and, and be consistent. Jeff, thank you so much. Again, his podcast, social media news alive. Check out his website, Jeff C. That is S I E H dot com. Thank you so much, my man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you. The one thing that I saw through all those stories were relationships. It came down to relationships. And that might be slightly easier for Jeff. This is a guy that used to perform in like the old West stunt shows. He did, I think some sort of street magic or something with being a magician. His dad was a pastor. So he's used around people doing presentations. And if you're like, ah, see, I'm not like that. Here's how you get over that. Look, you and I know, okay. It'll just be our little secret that you're an introvert. Okay. I know I won't tell anybody, but when you go, to a conference or you go outside or you go to an event, just just temporarily, it's not going to be permanent, just pretend to be outgoing. Yeah, just, just pretend you're outgoing. And then eventually it will get easier. There are still times, I remember when I was married and I'd go to like a Christmas party and my ex would, would look at me and go, oh, no, 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 don't do Shy Dave. I don't want to be around Shy Dave tonight because I would just zip up and go in a corner. He's like, no, no, we're not doing shy Dave tonight. I'm like, okay. So, but you, and, and where is Jeff hanging out? One of the, just one of the different communities he's hanging out with is at Ecamm because that's where all the video people are. He's been doing video forever. And like I said, if you want some sort of remote production, Jeff is your guy, check out his website. I'll have links to everything out at school of podcasting.com slash eight, nine, two. But it was those relationships that led to big guests, that led to sponsors, that led to finding co-hosts. It's all about overcoming your fears in some cases, if that's you. Podcasting is a great way to meet a lot of people without actually meeting a lot of people. But you can't be a hermit. You just can't. Come out of your shell. Trust me, it's okay out here. The water's warm, and I'll catch you. Couple other things I wanted to mention here. I know Jeff mentioned repurpose. If you're a person that's looking to schedule your pins over at Pinterest, there is a software called Tailwind. And also on my website, schoolofpodcasting.com, I use a tool called Social Warfare. It's a plugin and it's super easy. You upload your image to the plugin and somehow some magic mojo happened that makes it easier to pin to Pinterest. So that might be something you look into. It's also, it makes it really easy to share the show. And that's that whole, let's pour gas on word of mouth. That's one of the reasons why I use that plugin. And if you're using Canva and before, right? Well, first of all, if you're using Canva, you can easily go in and say, Hey, make this a YouTube thumbnail. Okay. Now make it 1400 by 1400. Now it's my album art for the episode. 
And then you could say, oh, and stretch this out for Pinterest. So that makes it really easy. And if anybody knows anybody over at Canva, they changed their affiliate program. And you have to have like 5,000 people on a social platform. Well, I have 5,000, probably more than that, if you count all my platforms. But I think I have, I don't know, 3,000 on Facebook and another 2,000 on LinkedIn, such and such. And so consequently, I'm not in their affiliate program. And I talk about them all the time. And I'm reaching out to them on social and via email to go, like, can I cut a break here? Like, I got 5,000 people, just not on one platform. And uh, it's really bummed me out because I love that platform for graphics. So if anybody knows anybody at Canva, can you go, hey, give, can you give Dave a break? That would be uh, really cool. And lastly, the thing I wanted to point out, because Jeff said it a couple of times, this is not the 10,000 download switch. So if you're like, oh, you know what? I haven't been doing Pinterest. I'm going to do it and money's going to fall from heaven. No, but in terms of SEO, and this is going to be a future episode of the School of Podcasting, so many, so many people talk about YouTube and they're like, look, it's the number two search engine. And yet you're completely ignoring the number one search engine, which is Google, which is having those links back to your site, boost your Google, having your episodes on your website, boost Google, having a player on that post that we just talked about can boost Google. Why? Because people go to your website. Well, first of all, you're found in Google People click on it. They click on play. Now they sit on your site for a while and Google goes, that's funny. Every time I send something to Dave's website, people were there for about 17 minutes. That must be really good. And it can boost your rankings up in Google. So as much as we talk about YouTube, we talked about live streaming and video today. Don't forget about the number one search engine, which is Google, which is why, again, I use that social warfare plugin because I want people to share this and link back to my site. Until next week, thank you so much for listening. If you do know somebody that would appreciate this episode, do share it. That that makes my heart go pitter-patter when you do that. And your friend thinks you're cool because you passed on some really cool information. Do appreciate that. But until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. And lastly, there was a phrase. What was that? And there was a phrase. Nobody likes a Charlie in the box. Which there is a part of me that like, where his parents just really tired after birth. They're like, uh, congratulations, Mr. And Mrs. Kawasaki. It's a boy. And they went, uh, let's just call him guy. It's kind of like naming your dog, dog. Like, what's your dog's name, dog? I don't know. But guy is a brilliant guy. If you haven't read his books, you should. And Jeff is his guy. Wow, we're what, four minutes in and already Dave has gone on a tangent. Hey, if you're still here, I want to say thanks to everyone. I was in a small fender bender this week and uh, could have been a whole lot worse. My trunk ended up with a dent and I need a new bumper. I had a couple bruised knuckles where I got rear-ended and uh, my left hand went into the dashboard and so my knuckles were kind of bruised, but I'm fine. Nothing else is wrong. And uh, that'll be, I talk about it on uh, the Building a Better Dave show. That'll be a link out there as well, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 892. But there's definitely going to be another episode about this because post-car wreck has been a very interesting experience. 
that makes me want to throw up, not just a little bit in my mouth, like a lot. It's like, really? This is where we're at? So I'm fine. Thanks to everyone who reached out. <laughs>